love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. Say, JG. Yeah. You know, you look like someone who's going first today. You just have that uh, <laughs> je ne sais quoi, ah. that, that look of a, of a man who's got a story and is just busting at the seams to share it with the world. Gotta tell well, it. Well, that is that is true, and I think it's because I'm just full of life right now. Are Be- you? Because, because, well, I survived the hurricane. Kat and I did. This is a very good point. I want the listeners to know that I texted you seemingly every three hours, except when I was asleep, of course, to say, <laughs> are you guys okay? Yeah. I did want to mention that you checked in more than my mom did. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> By like three times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was pretty impressive. We felt very loved because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also all of the people, like all of the listeners that checked in uh, really made us feel special. That's not surprising. It was really lovely. We survived it. We prepared in a way that I think was responsible. Can I take a guess as to what that is? Sure. I'm guessing the proper amounts of food. Yes. And I'm also guessing a healthy dose of beer, wine, and cocktails. I existed on uh, Heineken and freezer cake for 48 <laughs> hours. Isn't that a new Ben and Jerry's flavor? It's called uh, Jethro Crunch, I think. Oh, I like that. We got a text from, from somebody with a story uh, link to a guy who you, you probably can find it if you, if you Google search this. A guy that survived the hurricane. He rode it out in his shrimp boat. And that's actually true. I saw something like that online and I thought that's got to be clickbait. I'm not even going to bite. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. How do you do that? How do you do that? He's pretty lucky is, is really the bottom line because by the time the, the winds got here, the hurricane got here. And by the way, the center of the storm was about six miles from our apartment. But by the time it got here, it had been degraded. Uh, But the winds were still constantly at about 50 miles per hour with occasional gusts up to 70 miles per hour. And it was terrifying. I was worried about your windows more than anything. I mean, aside from the obvious fear of, of losing power, 
and water damage to your car. That was one of the other things I was concerned. I was more concerned, I think, about your car than I was you guys. Well, we have a garage, uh, which is nice. And it didn't, it didn't flood? The water got deep in the parking lot, but it drained off within a couple of hours. Okay. And we were fortunate. We didn't lose power. But the building did shake when it gusted up to 70 miles per hour. I could feel the walls vibrating. And that was terrifying. I can't imagine what it was like on a shrimp boat. When it made landfall, it was 110 to 115 mile per hour wind. That's insane. I cannot even imagine how that guy survived. The Florida man cliche is not an exaggeration. (laughs) Mm. It's true. It's absolutely true. Cliches are based on, uh, usually based on truth. But we're so lucky. And um, we actually, uh, the box patrons decided that they wanted their philanthropy dollars this month to go toward uh, Hurricane Ian relief. So we're very fortunate that that we get to do that. The freak family. Arizona is no stranger to uh, bizarre. Hurricanes? Not not hurricanes Mm -hmm. necessarily, but uh, bizarre behavior, shall we say. Indeed. You and I both lived there for a while, Linz, and so you know, I know you would agree with me um, when I say it's pretty easy to run into somebody in Arizona uh, carrying firearms. Oh, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. One day, this is this is true, I was at the Safeway, the corner of Swan and Sunrise in Tucson. You know the one, right, Linz? I know it very well, sure. I was standing in line, and there were three people in front of me. All of them were back in heat mm-hmm. at a Safeway. I believe it. And these were were big guns too. Yeah. They it looked like maybe thirty eights or something. They were they were openly carrying them in holsters on their hip, which is legal. It's important to point out that Arizona is what they call an open carry state, and you are allowed everywhere in the state except, ironically, Tombstone, Arizona. That is weird, isn't to, it? Uh, to carry a gun on your hip. I remember being there at the height of COVID. This would have been maybe a year ago, uh-huh. and walking into, not uh, very far from where you were talking about, it's a store called Bashes. And I walked in, and everybody's wearing masks, which they didn't require it, but they suggested you wear a mask. So the only person not wearing a mask in the store is a guy down in the pickle aisle, and he's got a Glock, a 9 millimeter gun uh-huh. on his hip, and no mask. And I thought, so you got the gun to protect yourself from whatever, but you're not going to wear the mask. And I thought, uh, yeah, right, well, yeah. welcome to Arizona. It's interesting that you, I didn't know the thing about Tombstone, you're not being, you can't, you can't carry a gun in, in Tombstone. Is that because they're afraid you might join in the uh, recreation of the That's shootout? exactly, exactly what it is. People would go down there with their guns. They have a few too many beers and hey, let's recreate the shootout at the OK Corral. No kidding. And uh, so you can't open carry in Tombstone. Am I wrong in the impression that Arizona is kind of like dry Florida? That's a very good way to put it. You know, my my sister, Lisa, is very much a historian of of Arizona, and she has written several books about, about Arizona. And one of my favorite expressions of hers is that Arizona is the state founded by people who never played well with others. <laughs> but, I like that. But, but I just want to say, I just want to say, I love Arizona. I, I loved too. my years living there. I love the people. Mm. I love the uh, environment. Same with, with Florida. I love Florida, too. It's, it's a very, very special place. And people, people who go there often move there for a reason. Right. And now, these, these three people that I ran into at the Safeway, 
I'm not sure if they were all together. Maybe they were going to some kind of a shooty event. Um, <laughs> or maybe they just considered holstered weaponry as some sort of fashion accessory. I don't know. A nine millimeter on your hip does give you a certain elan, a certain flair. And you mentioned it is uh, legal. Arizona, they have what they call the constitutional carry law. It allows any citizen who can legally own and purchase a firearm and is 21 years of age or older to carry a gun loaded and concealed on their person without any type of permit or license. Oh. Not to belabor the point, but it's also, I think, a a testament to the state. It goes back to the roots of that state when it was still a territory, before it even got statehood in 1912. There was such an ingrained history of... I need my firearm to survive, to protect mm. myself, to shoot my, my food, yes. to, do, to do so many things just to exist in what yeah. was a very unforgiving environment. And a lot of that has, has passed down. A lot of people. So it's kind of a cultural thing. It's very much a cultural thing. It's very mm. tribal. Yeah. You can even bring a loaded gun without a permit or a license uh, into a restaurant or a bar in Arizona, unless the owner clearly posts a sign prohibiting possession of weapons on the premises. Now, I, I want to emphasize, don't get me wrong, I'm all for responsible gun ownership. We are responsible gun owners. We are, but emphasis on responsible, because <laughs> sometimes people do stupid things. Hmm. Well, often they do stupid things. This sounds like it could lead to a fascinating story. When you put a stupid person in an environment that allows them to own or possess a concealed loaded firearm without a license or permit and not even holster it, it begs this question, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) I think hijinks are about to ensue. It was November 2018 and our hero, who was unnamed and for good reason, was shopping at the Buckeye Walmart on Watson Road near Phoenix. He had to pick up a few things. Does this involve, by chance, meat? It does. He was shopping in the meat aisle. I think I might have looked at the story and thought, this is a better JG story. <laughs> he, uh, before he went to pick up a few things uh, at the Buckeye Walmart, he tucked his loaded semi-automatic pistol into the band of his sweatpants. Now, this was about 6.30 in the evening, and as you mentioned, in the meat section at Walmart. I kind of envisioned him rummaging through the porterhouse steaks looking for the perfect cut. And uh, I'm not sure if perhaps the man had lost a little weight or the act of him leaning over the meat freezer somehow (laughs) caused his unholstered pistol to drift down into his sweatpants. Yeah, not good. Don't you hate when that happens? You're in public. Sure do. And uh, you're like in the meat section at Walmart and your loaded, unholstered, semi-automatic pistol slides down inside your sweatpants. You know that old story. Who among us hasn't been there? You want to make sure nobody's watching you as you try to discreetly readjust your gun? Well, the man reaches down inside his sweatpants to reposition his weapon. Careful. But uh, in the process... He accidentally pulls the trigger and shoots his dick off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In the meat section at Walmart. Naturally. On Watson Road in Buckeye. Naturally, the meat section. Emergency responders from Buckeye Police and Fire Departments found the man in the meat aisle, and they confirmed in an update, quote, adult male accidentally shot himself in the groinal region 
uh, inside the Walmart wa- at Watson and Yuma. It's such a fun phrase. Groinal region. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just say groin? Is groinal even a word? I don't even know. I would have. Yeah, I, I don't know. Tra- he was transported to the hospital to the hospital. No other injuries. The Arizona Republic said uh, the incident occurred at 630 after his semi-automatic handgun that was being held in the man's waistband began to slip. The gun which was not in a holster, discharged as he attempted to reposition it. The Republic goes on to say the police officers responding to the gunshot say they found the man in the meat section of Walmart with, quote, survivable injuries. Oh, my gosh. Physically, perhaps, but I'm fairly certain his pride took a hit there. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. As well as his, well, you know, (laughs) I think... I would have done a better job writing the headlines uh, for this story instead of uh, the headline that I found that said, quote, Arizona man accidentally shoots self. My headline would have read, guy shoots dick off in the Walmart meat section. (laughs) Talk about clickbait, Lindsay. But these types of things don't just happen in Maricopa County, Arizona. Weird Walmart groin injuries happen all over the place. (laughs) It is Walmart after all. In May of 2018, in Vidor, Texas, at a Walmart, a man was attempting to return some merchandise to the store and get a refund. The problem was that uh, he was trying to get a refund on merchandise that he had just taken off the store shelves. Yeah, not good. No. So police were called, and uh, Ryan Allen Prejner tried to make his getaway by jumping over the fence behind Walmart, one of those chain-link fences, you know, Mm -hmm. with the little ridgy things on top. (laughs) And he only made it halfway over. Uh, His injury was described as a bruised and tattered scrotum. A good computer password, by the way. It is indeed. I was going to say, it sounds like a 1970s singer-songwriter album. (laughs) Bruised and tattered scrotum. Mm -hmm. Or a failed punk band from the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) In researching this, I came across so many groin injury stories involving Walmart and Walmart's parking lot. Uh, But I had to winnow it down to a couple because it just becomes redundant after a while. Guy goes to Walmart, injures his dink. What do you think that is? I don't know. Because you don't hear stories, and I'm just realizing this, you don't you don't hear stories from Target or... Marshall Fields. Marshall or Fields. Or Macy's. Could I also point out that you don't generally hear about stories of women damaging their vag at a discount store. (laughs) You know, that's an excellent point. One story I did come across was a woman who damaged a man's testicles Mm -hmm. at a Walmart store, but but not herself, just some other guy. He was actually a uh, paramedic that showed up because she was extremely intoxicated and belligerent. And he was trying to uh, make sure she was okay and to calm her down. And she just latched onto his testicles and uh, brought the man to his knees pretty quickly. That'll work. I think I have done one story where the subject was a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't lead us to conclude anything. <clears throat> <clears throat> My source information was Newsweek, Arizona Central, the Arizona Republic, and Fox 6 Now. Cool. Wherever the hell that is. Right. I'm glad you were able to do that because I've come across that a couple of times and never had enough meat, if you will. (laughs) I had to kind of flesh it out, if you will. (laughs) You're in the shallow end with Schnepling and Toph. 
They're the undisputed kings of the road. They command attention and respect. So much so that people even pull over to let them pass. They are the fire truck. Why spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in a high-end sports car when you can drive your very own fire truck? a shiny red truck of your very own. Park in the red zone at Costco while you grab a slice of pizza. Drive on the freeway shoulders at 80 miles per hour. Or just cruise your neighborhood and blow that air horn for the kids. Prices start in the low six figures, but the joy is priceless. Buy a fire truck of your very own today. May not be legal in certain cities. Check your local statutes before purchasing any fire truck. It starts with the letter F and ends in U C K. Fire truck. We got a uh, an email from a gentleman named Paul who told us about a uh, story coming again from Arizona, and it was about uh, guys who tried to steal gasoline. Which is bad enough, but they decided to fill grocery bags (laughs) with gasoline and load them into a car, which, Mm. of course, caught fire Mm. as they were driving the car. And one of them ended up uh, in the hospital. So, kids, when you're tempted to steal, A, don't do it. And B, if it's gasoline, for the love of all that's holy, don't think grocery bags, plastic grocery bags are a good idea. There was a guy in uh, Sacramento. I almost did this story, but it was, again, it was kind of short. Kind but. of like that guy from Walmart's dick. <laughs> Nicely done, cat. Thank you. This, this guy in Sacramento was uh, trying to, uh, I guess he ran out of gas. He didn't have a gas can. So he goes into the uh, Quickie Mart place and uh, he buys a big plastic container of water, you know, like a big gallon jug, and he empties it out. Sure. And then he filled up the plastic jug with gasoline. gasoline. And I'm not sure exactly the chain of incidents that happened, but the end result was that his shoes were on fire. Oh, man. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Yeah, his shoes melted right off his feet. It's like our wedding day. (laughs) It's like our wedding day. You guys had shoes catch fire on your wedding day? Well, they didn't catch fire, but I was... It was so hot, and I was wearing, I couldn't find my good shoes, so I had a pair of old dress shoes. That he wore for our wedding. Yeah, I wore, the, well, they were, they were, they looked nice. I figured I'd get one use out of them. They were kind of like the cheap, shoddy types of shoes that they put on cadavers in a, in a funeral home, ah, just to look good. Cadaver shoes. Uh, it was a really hot day, and, and as we're dancing, my shoes started to slowly disintegrate. <laughs> And I just kept kicking pieces of it to the side. It took us a bit to figure out what that shit was all over the floor. Disintegrating shoes. That's one of the best uh, wedding reception stories I've I've heard in ages. Well, it was quite the talk at the Grange Hall. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Oh, boy. It's funny that that your story was uh, involved firearms because... Well, so does mine. Oh! Would you like to hear a story? Oh, you know we would. Our story takes place, uh, this is in February of 1990, more than 30 years ago, in Renton, Washington. Renton Highlands. It's about 20 miles 
southeast of uh, Seattle. Very nice, quiet area. As I said, more than 30 years ago, the subject of our story, and this is a cautionary tale, our story is about a 33-year-old man named David Zabak. Now, we don't know what David's issues were at the time, but we do know that he thought it would be a good idea to commit a crime. Uh-huh. Now, we've talked about this before. If criminals have a checklist that they run through before <laughs> they settle on a, a business or individual to, to rob or burglarize, because as I said last time this came up, I'm not a criminal, but <laughs> were I to come up with a store in this particular case to rob, I would first ask myself, what kind of store is best to rob? Sure. Maybe a store that didn't have, say, things that could be used as weapons in them. Question number two, time of day or night. When am I most likely to avoid people who might be in said business who could do me harm? Mm-hmm. Question number three, do I have a plan of entry and exit? How well do I know the layout of the place? Gosh, you know, you should have a bullet journal at this point with right? some washi tape and some fine point pens. Washi tape. You're going to need to mark all this down. This is very important information. I love the expression washi tape. It's fun, right? Cat is a list maker. I appreciate a good list, Cat. Thank you. I really do. And again, you can tell how many procedural TV shows I've watched. Just the fact that I actually came up with five questions to ask myself before I rob a business. Uh-huh. Question number four, what kind of people might be there at the time of mm-hmm. robbery or burglary who could, who could do me harm? Right. And question five, do I have an option to reassess if things don't look like I might be successful? These are just my suggestions. All great questions. Thank you. I was pretty proud of him. Spot on, my good man. Well, we don't think that David Zabak thought of (laughs) any of those five things. Like, none of them. None of them. To begin with, you have to understand that Renton has literally hundreds, if not thousands, of businesses. And I mean all kinds of different businesses. Any kind of store you can think of in a nice, quiet town bookstores, restaurants. Uh, this was this was the late 80s, so they still would have had record stores. Video rental shops. Video rentals must have been huge. But David, for whatever reason, chose a business called H&J Leather and Firearms Limited. <laughs> Leather and firearms. And firearms. Yeah, I'm guessing that's, you want the, the holster and the gun belt to go mm-hmm. with your new mm-hmm. firearm. It's an accessory. Exactly. We've discussed this. But they specialized, H&J did, in handguns. It was a gun store uh-huh. where they sold things like, say, guns and, say, ammunition for those guns. Now, as you can imagine, stores like that tend to attract customers who carry, say, guns <laughs> and, say, ammunition. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the people who work at stores like this tend to carry say, guns and ammunition. (laughs) And even customers there are often in law enforcement. And we all know that cops tend to carry guns, loaded guns. They do. I've noticed this. Even into donut shops. Even into donut shops. We've learned this in previous episodes. Well, either David knew all that and thought he was smarter than those people that he might encounter when he arrived there, but he didn't... didn't, 
take that into account. So, so let me set the stage for you. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's early February. And again, a, a weekend, right, where there will probably be more customers around mm. than there would be, say, a Monday <laughs> through Friday. So it's 4.40 in the afternoon on a Saturday. Daylight starting to, to fade a little bit. David sets his brilliant plan in motion, and he pulls up into the parking lot across from H&J Firearms. And what does he see parked in front of that store in the, in the uh, red zone, right up against the, the front door? What would you guess? Police vehicle. Very good, Jethro. A police car parked <laughs> right in front of the store. Oh, man. This patrol car happened to be driven by an officer named Timothy Lally. And Timothy was an 18-year veteran of the King County Police Department. And he has stopped in H&J on his way to start his shift. And he's actually inside chatting with the shop's owner, a guy named Wendell Woodall, and another salesman in that store, a guy named Danny Morris. Officer Tim and Wendell and Danny are all standing around chatting. I'm, I'm picturing Timothy for some reason because he's a, he's a good cop. He's probably got like a, cop, a cup of coffee. He's got his elbow up on the glass display case and his, his cap cocked slightly and uh, carelessly. Slightly to the back. In a confident stance. Naturally. So he's, he's chatting with these two guys. So what could go wrong? A cop inside a gun store talking to two employees. And the store is filled, by the way, with maybe half a dozen other customers. Presumably, some of them are armed. I'm surprised he didn't choose Black Friday to go and rob this place. <laughs> so what, for whatever reason, David sees Officer Lally's patrol car and still thinks, yeah, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets out of his car and he walks across the the lot to the store and he goes inside and this is where the magic begins. He walks in, mm -hmm. sees Officer Lally, and David pulls out his 22 caliber handgun. Oh my God. Which is, it can be lethal, but it's slightly better than a BB gun. Yeah, yeah. It can be, It uh, uh, the gun enthusiasts I know often refer to their 22s as uh, good for plinking, shooting cans off a fence. Plink, plink. Plink, uh, or taking out a, you know, a gopher or a, something yeah. like that. They're, I wish you wouldn't. Well, we're not advocating the killing of gophers. Right. I'm just saying that <clears throat> that uh, 22s are, as, as Jethro said, they can be lethal, mm -hmm. but it's not a, uh, it's probably not what you'd want to bring to a gunfight. <laughs> so David walks inside, sees Officer Lally, pulls out his 22 and says... This is a robbery. Renton Police Captain Don Pearson later said, The surprising thing to me is that this man had to walk right past a marked police car to get in the front door. <laughs> the suspect announced his intent to rob the store, saw the police officer, and opened fire. He fired three rounds, but apparently he was a terrible shot because those three rounds didn't hit anything. So these weren't warning shots. He actually came in with literally guns blazing. Guns blazing. This was not like firing into the ceiling to get people's attention. This was, I'm going to shoot at the cop and the employees standing right in front of me after Good I've announced Lord. it. What it's a numb nuts. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Officer Lally, as most officers will tell you, 
didn't take too kindly to having the little twenty-two fired at him. Mm. Officer Lally was carrying a 9mm Glock 17. That's pretty standard ah. issue for, uh, for your Leos, your law enforcement officers. Danny Morris, that young clerk, had on him a 50 caliber Desert oh Eagle. Now, if you Google 50 caliber <laughs> Desert Eagle, you'll see that this thing is a cannon. Isn't the Desert Eagle the uh, Clint Eastwood gun? No, that's a that's he a thirty eight special. Thirty eight right? special. But okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah. But equally equally menacing. Okay. Both of them are absolute cannons, as I said. I mean, the the Desert Eagle is known to be able to put a bullet like through a an engine block almost. It's it's Ooh. just a massive massive gun. So uh, the clerk, Danny Morris, pulls out his Desert Eagle. Officer Lally pulls out his 9mm Glock 17, and they return fire. Uh-oh. Yeah. They didn't end well, did it? It did not end well for David. He took what they call the room temperature challenge. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? That's what some of the, some of the kids refer to it as. Those, those TikTokers? That happened at 4.40 p.m. David uh, left this mortal coil at 8 o'clock that night. He had suffered four gunshots. Now, thankfully... No one else in the store was hurt. But again, a cautionary tale. If you're stupid enough to try and rob a store, don't make it a gun store. And for the love of God, if there's a police car parked out front, you probably should rethink your career choices. <sighs> yeah. What what went through that guy's mind besides a 50 caliber bullet? Inappropriate. Yeah, probably. And let's face it, it's also rude. Yes, well, oh, for yeah. For real, yeah. yeah. The info came from the Seattle Times, Snopes.com, and Reddit. You know, it's while you were telling this story, it reminded me of a gun store that used to exist in Caribou, Maine. I used to drive by it all the time when I would go up to visit my parents mm-hmm. back in the day. And the name of this gun shop, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking, the name of this gun shop was... Christ is King Guns and Ammo. There you go. Oh, I love that. It makes me wonder <laughs> what type of a, a shooting iron would our Lord and Savior carry, do you think? Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Remember that song from World War II? I do remember yeah. that, yeah. Well, not, I wasn't there, but no, I remember but hearing read about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Books uh, afterward. Sure. Yeah. Christ is King. That's the that, Guns and Ammo. Guns well, and there's ammo. also in northern Maine that one shop that's, I think it's called like Scuddies or something, and it's guns and wedding dresses. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Guns and wedding dresses for your shotgun weddings. God, I go to, I got to go to Maine. It's an amazing well, place. Next time you fly into Sky Harbor in uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. if you take the long route through, it's kind of like an industrial park area, there is a, um, a place that sells used tires. And their sign is painted on the side of, a, of an empty, abandoned, <laughs> semi-tractor trailer. Uh-huh. And it's called, uh, in the name of Jesus, guaranteed used tires. <laughs> There's somebody that believes in their product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting tires there, baby. Talk about holy rollers. Am I right? <laughs> hey. All right. That's enough. Okay. All right. Anyway, you guys, thanks for hanging out with us again. Uh, We always love hearing from you. Thanks for the positive reviews. We've got some really, actually some pretty great reviews this past week. Yeah, it was really lovely. Uh, We we do appreciate that. It helps us grow this, uh, not a baby podcast anymore, but a, a toddler. We're, we're almost walking now, which is exciting. Preschool's probably not too far off. Right? I saw a tooth. 
Oh. Yeah. Our oh. first tooth. How yeah. sweet. We're teething now. <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I think I'm getting the letdown reflex, too, uh-huh. from time to uh-huh. time. I know a lot of times this podcast lets me down. <laughs> wow. Was that out loud? <laughs> that's great. Okay. There he is. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I'm going to Anyway, lifeguard at Shallow End Podcast, or you can just go to the website, shallowendpodcast.com. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Make good choices. Your life may depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebley and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go. Hey, Lynn. We... Say JG. Oh, <laughs> no, that was terrible. That's start a great over. way to start. Worst, worst oh way to gosh. start. We okay. should keep that.